0: Hi, I'm Paul Wessels, uh, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold. Uh, Western Copper and Gold has the large Casino Copper Gold project up in the Yukon. Uh, I've been developing it for about 12 years. Uh, been an exciting past three years. Brought uh, new resource out three years ago, uh, and then last year uh, brought on Rio Tinto as a partner. And so exciting times.
1: It is is exciting. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Um, We did a technical due diligence session with you in December. Recommend people look at that link below uh, to that, folks. And what was happening in in December was $1.75. Uh, share price now three bucks, not too bad. What do you put that down to?
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 been a nice run, and uh, you know there's there's a couple things that that I started to. I mean, first of all, it is the investment by Rio Tinto. Um, you know, when you know this came out, it came out in May of last year, and you know, you issue a, a cryptic news release that's reviewed by 100 lawyers. As we've gotten out and explained, you know, what that deal actually is, I think people begin to realize, okay, look, what we've signed with with Rio is a due diligence process. And you know, at that time we were about halfway through it. Now we're getting pretty close to the end. So I think that's part of what's moved the share price. The other thing has been it's been copper. Uh, you know, copper is has continued to be a good story. I mean, we we've seen obviously the the copper price has been strong, but you know, the stories around inventories, the the continual Dialogue around the requirement for critical minerals. I mean, in Canada, uh, you know, the government came out, identified 3.8 billion for infrastructure to to develop critical minerals. Um, you know, increase the the tax credit for flow through funds around critical minerals, and copper is one of those. So, I think you know, around copper, you you just seen a lot of excitement, a lot of investors. I know this from from talking to investors. They're really liking copper right now.
1: Yeah, and as I said, as you say, big infrastructure um, projects all around the world—Europe, U.S., China, Um, everywhere—and on the battery thematic um, still continues to to run. But I'm interested in the kind of the dynamics of how making an announcement around Rio, and the and we talked at length about that what precisely they would need to see from you. But when when the price of the the stock. Just jumps like it's, it's hockey stick time. People get super, super excited, right? And you then had a from June last year through to December, you know, steady, steady run down. Um, the type types of messaging that you're getting from the market at that point was oh, is the company doing something wrong? Have I bought into the wrong thing? And obviously, and, and we'll talk a second about what's happened from December to now. But what, what was that ride like for you? Were you having to have conversations that you weren't expecting to? Yeah, I mean, and
0: like I said, I think there was some initial confusion uh, about exactly the deal that we had with Rio because it was it was this. Oh, okay, this is an exploration investment. I mean, because these strategic investments often that's what they're for. Oh, here's some money, go do some exploration. Hopefully you make it bigger. Um, that's not what this was about. This was really about a due diligence process that Real wanted to execute. Um, the majority of their rights are in place for eighteen months, so those expire this November. And you know, I mean, it's, you know, talking to you, talking to investors, talking to others, and you know, as that sort of got out, I think people began to, you know, light bulb went off. Okay, whoa. Okay, well, you know, so. This is heading towards something pretty exciting happening in 2022.
1: And that's still the case. Right. Okay. But there was a big sell-off, I guess, from from who?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, and and again, it was in, what what's interesting when when you unpack what our share price did in 2021 is that we had two things happen. Obviously, real. This this big sort of uh, imprint on our share price. The other thing was the copper. And so, copper sort of all copper equities boomed up at the beginning of the year. And then there was a bit of a sell off, even though, I mean, the copper price pulled back a little bit, but not uh, equal to what the sell off that you saw. And I think, it, I mean, I get this was old fashioned profit taking and people sort of saying, oh, the run up is done. And, you know, I'm going to move on to the next thing. But then I think, as like I said, as our sort of story and then the sort of fundamentals sort of began. To, to come into play you started to see our share price go up and and again this year and you know from from december to now where we've seen you know better than a 50% share price to increase i mean for and it's not just us there's you know other good names simple stories in the copper space that are seeing that same run up in the in the copper developer space, such as ourselves,
1: right. I guess what I'm trying to understand here, um, Paul, is you know how much is is the market doing for you in terms of the heavy lifting, and how much of the stuff that you're in control of, say the delivery of a feasibility study at the end of Q2, um, doing to kind of drive that kind of resurgence in, in in the share price. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think we've been hitting we've been hitting our targets. I mean, we we had some great uh, we had some we issued some early drill results in November of last year. I mean. Absolutely great results. I mean, you know, 300 meters of, of over 1% copper equivalent, uh, you know, another intercept 65 meters of 2.5% copper equivalent. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's this nice high grade bit in the middle. You know, follow that up, uh, uh, you know, about a month ago with the full release of drill results. You know, there's some some interesting little tidbits on the outside of the resource. I mean, just, you know, again, reminding people of that. So I think we've been good and consistent at, at getting those sort of that news out. Um, and and you know consistent also I mean these haven't been news releases but again talking to investors you know various public releases around you know where we are with Rio Tinto how that is progressing and you know I mean the short answer is we you know are enjoying a very good relationship with them and and you know all of the feedback I'm getting so far is that you know what they came to look at is is proving out and you know you if you look at our news release. On the drill results, I mean, you know, there's one sense there that everybody hope, hope reads, which is, you know, these results confirm and or improve upon our understanding of the grades within the resource, and that's absolutely key.
1: It is absolutely key, but they've got they've got 18 months to make their mind up. In the meantime, they're doing acquisitions elsewhere at Tur- Turquoise Hill, for right. example. Does that distract them from what? What they're doing with you, or is that kind of factored factored into the time frame which they've allowed themselves?
0: Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, the short answer is, of course, right. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, um, you know, I mean, we asked them point blank. We're like, oh, you know, <laughs> is this going to sort of distract you? Oh, no, no. I mean, we're a big company. We can you know walk and chew gum at the same time. And it was like. Yeah, but it's 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 distracting them a little bit, but um, that's okay. I mean, we're we're still not through the diligence part here. I mean, we're still working on uh, the MET program is the last bit to to be done, and so we're about halfway through that. Uh, Well, actually, a little bit farther than halfway at this point in time. Um, But uh, and, and so that's okay. I mean, we don't need their banking team yet. You know, it's it's the technical team that, that we're really
1: talking to. Well, absolutely. The the awesome. yeah, that's really really important there because the, you know, since I've been talking to you, I think we, we perceive this as being a, a big project, copper gold project. Or, you know, the goals is a byproduct, um, but a significant byproduct in terms of value. It's also a high capex project, albeit with a very high NPV. And obviously, the movement in the last, I guess, four four months has been advantageous. You know. You know, with a, a large capex, a 250 million market cap company, as was that, that's a difficult conversation to be had. But maybe one, for, it's it's one for later. So, what have you been doing? You put out some drill results recently. The grades are better than they were because it was long life, kind of low low margin type stuff. What does the new drilling do for the new feasibility study in terms of you know stepping up from the from the PEA or this, the, the previous studies? Is it going to be different? or more of the yeah, same. I mean,
0: I mean, yeah, so I mean, let's let's talk about the new feasibility study. I I mean, the the drilling like I said was confirmatory drilling. So it's I mean, the resource is not going to change that significantly. There there's a there's a, you know, a few little tweaks here and there, but you know, it's it's more in sort of second decimal place sort of uh changes. But um, you know, the the feasibility, I mean, you, you know what's different with the feasibility studies from from our PA you know our PA came out in June of last year and, and you know it's 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 almost a year sort of to the day from the PA to the feasibility study and, and so i mean the, for the most part it's an update but there's a couple of things i mean particularly around the gold heap leach uh, you know we are looking at actually doing a finer crush which will give us a higher recovery so we think that that you know will will improve the economics of, of the overall project um, yeah, that's probably the big one. There's a couple other sort of small bits and pieces, but you know, really, this is about getting this back to a feasibility level um, design. And you know, what's why that's important is, um, you know, certainly Rio, who's doing their diligence, is looking at this. But I mean, you know, there's there's a a number of groups sort of, you know, sort of circling around looking, and and you know, a PA is a PA. Uh, They really want to see what does this look like with the feasibility study. What is the when they drill down into the design? What what are all those bits and pieces look like? So there's certainly you know uh, a few groups. Out oh, there that you know we were we're chatting with that are waiting for this feasibility study to come out.
1: Right, but it, okay, there's there's a constant debate in chat rooms, you know, when you know, and people argue both both sides of this equally with equal fervor around what big companies are looking for. Because let's face it, you're building something here that a mid tier or a large cap is going to have to step in and fund because it's going to be it's just too to, it's the capex is too big, all right, and it's around whether they need feasibility studies or whether they just need the data because they're going to use their own assumptions and you know fill in their own uh, use the data, fill in their own models, and they're going to work it out their way. So is part of this the feasibility just for the market, so you can drive share price, market cap, uh, value up to help with your conversations down the line, which you're going to have with either presumably a Rio, a Barrick. A Newmont, uh, a BHP, is, is that what you're doing it for? Well, and uh, yeah, and I think there's a
0: there's a nugget of truth in in what you're saying there. I, I mean, it, it's it's it certainly puts you. I mean, I think that okay. So let me unpack that in a, in a couple ways. I think it is an absolute fair statement that you know let's call them super majors, the you know the Newmonts, the Barracks, the BHPs, the the Rios, they're going to take it. They're going to do their own. Engineering and, and end up with their with their own sort of uh, execution plan. That is absolutely true. However, if you have a full feasibility study, you've got a pretty strong negotiating point and a pretty good starting point for those groups as well. Because it's you know it's a feasibility study. It has a lot of detail. It 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 really nails down the cost. So I mean I think it's absolutely true that. As you're negotiating, you can say, look, this is a feasibility study. I mean, PEAs are, are are useful, but they're a little bit arm-waving exercises. A feasibility study, you can say, Well, you know, they someone walks in and says, Well, you know, I think your capital cost is too low. It's like, well, where? You know, go through the the you know, the 200 pages of capital cost buildup and tell me where my quote is wrong or where my estimation is wrong, like all those sort of things, as opposed to a PA where someone sort of, well, I mean, I feel very good about our PEA, but um, You know, it is just a, a simpler
1: estimate. And plus or you know, minus thirty percent, we say. Yeah, but yes, it's exactly. what it's what we what what we could do versus what we should do versus what we will do, right?
0: So yeah, whereas a feasibility study, you're talking fifteen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: and let's be honest, it's never minus fifteen.
1: Well, <laughs> with inflation at the moment raging through the industry, it might be. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So. So. Right. Okay. So. so I, hear, I hear what you're saying on that, um, but the other. I guess the other part of that, so a subliminal part of that, is if Rio doesn't step up in the environment that it's like at the moment, like you know what what their needs are versus a. Um the, the the other, you know, whether it be whether it be BHP and Neymar and, and I guess there's a there's a couple of others that that, that could step up here. It, they all roughly want want the same thing, but they're all doing different stuff. Like we mentioned, so maybe turquoise hill is distracting. It distracting, but there's also budgets um allowances as well, you know, and they you know they're we, we've seen lots of movements, lots of MA activity. Is that gonna play a sort of strong part in, you know, your likelihood of success with not just a Rio conversation, but other types of conversations, because Rio don't at the end of this they've, they've got options, but they don't need to take them. But likewise, neither do you in a very meaningful way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that I mean the one thing that you realize when when you're dealing with some of these super majors is just, I mean, they are super majors. Uh, I mean, Rio Tinto dividended sixteen billion dollars to their shareholders last year. <laughs> you no, know, like. They could take a little, a little bit of that and bias without even thinking, right? You know, I mean, this, I mean, it's just a, a different scale of magnitude, and and so, um, you know, what what I've certainly recognized is is that, um, you know, they're they're looking past the the money part of it. I mean, not I mean, the money part will be important, but you know, that that sort of step one, step two is you know, they own it, right? So, I mean, if they buy it and own it, then, you know, they got to make sure that, I mean, there's, I've spent more time talking about, you know, the relationship with Indigenous groups, you know, behaviour of governments, permitting, I, I I spend more time talking about that, than metallurgy and resource.
1: With, sorry, with, with, uh, with
0: Rio? Not with just, Rio. But and, not, and, not and you know, certainly some of the other groups as well. I mean, <clears throat> you know, they can all look at the resource, they can, you know, soon look at the feasibility study, that they make a decision quite quickly on that and so I mean if we're still having a conversation after that it's okay so what does the permitting track look like you know how you know how do the local communities and local First Nations feel about this project all of those sort of things are very very important and I think that I, I mean to be honest that's why, Rio is at this stage with us is because I you know I you know personally think we've done a very good job at it you know making sure that the you know the Yukon government the local communities and the First Nations you know we've brought them along I mean it's it's taken us a while but we've brought them along in terms of the conversation and understanding the project and and you know the advantages and and you know well most importantly have woven them in to you know our decisions uh, moving forward and you know we talked about the feasibility study I mean, this is all great, the super majors and 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 that, but you know, we need to not lose focus of you know, those the probability of that those things happening are good, but if they don't happen, we need to keep marching the project forward. And so with that, we need a feasibility study to to get into permitting to be worked.
1: Okay, okay. And 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 I I saw the um <clears throat> the update on the schedule of environmental and socio- socio-economic effects in there, which, which kind of, you know, it's a big conversation that's going on, obviously, between you, you and Rio, that's fine. But it's also much more broadly, people starting to understand the, the, the importance of ESG, not just as a kind of badging exercise or you know, eco logo as a badging exercise, but as, as a means of um, confirming or rather. Well, it is I guess it's confirming the, the the likelihood of a project to be able to, you know, get built out to get funded. Um, we we were speaking with um, a, a consultancy creep. He deals with it, saying, well, actually, do you know what? Activism and some of the actions by First Nations, wherever they be in the world, are actually good for mining. They're good for investors and they're good for mining because it it holds mining mining to a higher standard, um, and and. and you know, that was, I thought that was a really good argument, I, and, and I totally agree with the the case for that. It's not very nice at the time, but my, miners need to do better. And I guess Rio spending a disproportionate amount of time talking about that rather than metallurgical factors would tell you that that's true.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I you know, I mean, I I, I was in college in the '90s, and that was when environmental movements started. Right? I mean, you know. I always refer to myself as a closet environmentalist. I mean, I don't want to build a mine that's, you know, an eyesore and a long-term liability to any part, particularly in, you know, Canada, where, you know, I was born and raised. And so I agree with that. I mean, I think it's, it, you know, it, it's, I mean, on one side you've got industry, on the other side, you, you know, you've got these NGOs and, and, you know, sometimes mixed with Indigenous groups and, and it's an interesting balance and it, it's actually, I can, in, in the Yukon it's it's quite interesting because they tend to be very local. Um, you know the well obviously obviously the indigenous groups are, are local, but the you know the environmental groups, there's there's a number of local environmental groups, and you know, I mean I do community meetings and and you know they come up and and you know they, they hit me with all these points and, and I'm like I look that's why I'm here. I'm here, you know, it's like a debate, you know. I don't don't sit there and nod and smile and say, yeah, that sounds great, Paul. Push me on these things. Ask me these questions, and because I take them back, and you know, we modify our project. I mean, a perfect example is our tailings facility. We did so. One of the differences between we had a feasibility study in 2013, and the feasibility study now is the complete redesign on the feasibility study, and that complete redesign is a result of actually a whole process we went through, which was the, the Yukon government, federal government, the regulator. And all of the impacted First Nations. And we all sat down, it's called the best available tailings technology process, two years. Um, you know, it's not really exciting. And it, that's not a press release that that um, you know moves stock, but we've got a better design. Everyone in the agrees with that. And mm. and that's because of that sort of back and forth debate with with uh, NGOs.
1: Yeah, so, that, so it's yeah, an but, groups, yeah. and I, I I totally agree, and a, a lot more of that. And, and again, it was a, a sort of a, a joking conversation with another um, group about when they yet again are f- ranked number one by the Fraser Institute. Ah, uh, you know that that <laughs> gets thrown at you. It's like th- there is there is there is no. Um, easy way to get a mine across the line these days, wherever you're on the way. If we look down at Chile, because I think we've been hunting for like good copper projects, right? We're trying to say, well, okay, what's the next big thing? New, You're going down South America, where the, the historically has produced a lot of copper and, and continues to. Uh, you've got elections going on. You've got um, governments which are talking a socialist agenda just to, I guess, garner votes at the, at the next election. You're talking about increased taxes. Uh, tax regimes for minors in, in those countries, uh, political unrest more, more broadly, um, and NGO activists, activism. It, it's, it's a tough, tough gig and it's a very tough narrative for South America at the moment. And then there are others saying, look, it's always been like this all over the world. Uh, this is nothing new, but I think people are being made aware or heightened awareness. What's the case in Canada, certainly up 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 in up in the Yukon, for you guys? Has it yeah. always been difficult, or is have you noticed a sort of rise? You
0: know, well, I mean, the first thing I point out is I don't think Canada is nationalizing mining anytime soon. So <laughs> no. I think everyone's gonna laugh
1: that. Well, I, I, I don't but know. Trudeau's making a few noises. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, well, like I said, he's talking me like, about, critical, about critical minerals. I think he's um, lucky
1: like he, I think he's, he's talking about uh, fossil fuels, but uh, yeah,
0: yes, yeah, I will go down that. But don't. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the pushback on a jurisdiction like like the Yukon, and I would say for Canada and and the US in particular, is is the the, the permitting timelines, and um you know. It's 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 interesting that we were talking about ENGOS because like the past year, it's all I've been talking about, and and before that it wasn't much. Like it's really, really topical, and um, you know the, the sort of the whole ESG part part of the business. And so in the Yukon, it's the timelines um, that it takes, and you know people would would go through. I'd go through the, the presentation with an investor, and they'd come to me and they'd say, Paul, what's the chance that this gets that that this gets permitted, and I'd say 100%. I said, but you're not asking me the right question. The real question is, what's is the chance that this? You know, we, I mean, you know, right now I'm I'm saying that that we'll we'll get through the regulatory process once we're we've put an application in, which is Q2 next year. Should be about three years. You know, what's the chance that it's you know three years versus the chance that it's four versus chance that it's five? I mean, and there's certainly you know reasonable percentage that it gets dragged out an extra year. And, but the chance, you know, if you say ten years, if you know, and you know, if I have a big pot of money in ten years, I can get pretty much any project permitted in in Canada. I mean, it's just it's a bureaucracy. It's jumping through the hoops. It's making the changes. It's dealing with the local groups. I mean, you can screw it up, but I mean, if you don't screw it up, it, it's just a time game and and working with the bureaucracies.
1: And and for, but for you, the cost of the money would be. Highly relevant for a larger balance sheet like a Rio dishing out 16 billion in dividends, it, it less so. So, I guess your shareholders are going to say to you is, do you feel that given the conversation you with Rio, that they would expect right. permitting to be in place before they made a move if they saw technically that everything under the ground was as they thought or hoped it would be?
0: Yeah, I mean, politely, I can say no. I mean, because that that has never come up. I mean, very very interested. So in, no, no to what? what, what no, this no to scenario, like, but there has been no dialogue around. Well, you know, we want you to get this thing permitted. Got it. I mean, Got it. And, and I mean, I mean a perfect example is our next door neighbors, right? Next door neighbors are those Newmont and the Coffee Project, and so Goldcorp bought that off of Kamenak as they were about to embark on it, permitting, and. So, I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, they were about to apply. And, you know, Newmont just got that fully, well, not fully permitted, but fully through the environmental assessment approvals from both the federal and territorial government a month ago. So, I mean,
1: from when? From, 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 from start years. to four years. Okay, there you go. Yep. But it's a good yep. case study on a, on, a, on a couple of levels. Right. Okay. So, you have not had conversations where they said, we need, we're not going to move forward unless this thing is permitted. They could step in at any point that they that they felt technically that the that what was underground. Yeah, was and, there, and right? is, I
0: mean to be honest, we see this. I mean, you know, look at Kinross and Great Bear. I mean, here's an acquisition without even a resource. And you know, at the other end, I mean, so I, I mean, I think you've got a wide range of 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 interest. From I mean, there, there's no magic sort of point where companies get involved. I mean, I think that there's you know, usually when the initial resource that's, that's a, a good point. Um, you know, after a feasibility study, like I said, I mean, you can really, you know, dig down and, and take a look at it. It's easier to assess. It's, it's a challenge to assess something that doesn't have a resource. It's, a, you know, it's, uh, you know, challenging to assess something that just has a resource as opposed to a feasibility study. And obviously, you know, these are all your de-risking bits, right? And so if it's fully permitted your risk is pretty low. You're like, okay, it's got its permits, it's got a feasibility study, you know, we can, you know, presumably start construction tomorrow on this. What does that look like? Um and, and so I mean it's it's all this sort of risk reward sort of equation uh that uh you know large companies you know like these super majors would be looking at.
1: Right. And so and what else what else did the I mean so what what's the share reset look like these days in terms of institutional because you were you were kind of ramping up the institutional side a bit. So where have you got to?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've got, um, I mean, you know, we did, I mean, before we did the equity deal with Rio, which was $25.6 million. Uh, and so that was May of 2021. We did an equity raise in November of, of 2020. Um, and that brought in Fidelity and Copernic and Franklin. So, you know, we're beginning to really build up that, that big institutional base. Um, and, you know, we haven't really done any equity since that time. So I mean some of these bigger funds, you know, they I meet with them and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, we we need a big position." Of course, I'm like, "Well, you know, start buying in the, you know, I think if you put a big market order out there, <laughs> it'll, it'll get filled." Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean there, there's been a little bit of sort of uh, some groups, I think that's also led to sort of the share price moving up obviously is is that there are a couple Larger institutionals that are, are, you know, either adding to their position or, or beginning to assemble a position, um, but yeah, I mean, and and again, those those are the groups where the copper story resonates. The you know, all the good work we've done on the ground in terms of making sure that that the local communities, First Nations, and governments are aligned on this project resonates. No talk of nationalization, no, you know, I mean, and even in the US, I mean, you know, I won't name names, but you know, you you see in the United States when there's a presidential election and the president changes, you know, permits are revoked for mining products. And I would, you know, I said, look, regardless of who becomes the next prime minister of Canada, no one's pulling any permits or applications. I mean, that's just there's no Legal mechanism really for that to happen. That's just not the way politics works in Canada, Um, and so it's an advantage I mean that Canada has over the United States for you know for for these large mining projects.
1: Yeah, larger does well. And what what are the kind of what are they what are they asking these institutional uh, shareholders like stepping? Oh, I want to buy a large position. It's like, have have all of their concerns about this. being dealt with, like gone away, in the sense that they wouldn't be stepping in. They're very cautious people, typically. They're long-term holders. That you know, you, you've obviously sold them on where this is going. What, what's the thing that got them over the line? Is it the fact that Rio's still at the table? Is there more to it? Because you like to say the P, This is confirmatory uh, drilling you're doing at the moment. The one assumes. The economics aren't going to change too much. You know, 2.3 billion uh, NPV eight on it, and you know, just shy of 20% after-tax IRR. It's, it's you know, payback three years. It's all kind of good stuff. So nothing's really going to change. But why, why why is this su- sudden movement in uh, interest? What's driving that? Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I think I mean what what I hear at the end where where you know people are like oh I like this. It's it's we're looking for good copper stores.
1: Right. So it's the and- market. There's something I realized. And, I
0: mean, you know, I used, I used to have this slide in my presentation, don't have it anymore, but that talked about the junior copper developer space. So let's say you, you want to look at that space. And I said, there's 15 companies. That's it. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of copper deposits, just period, that there is. And then you start to say, okay, well, you know, I don't want to be in these countries. And, you know, yeah. these projects, the economics are a little bit skinny and on and on and on. And you're down to like five. Yeah, right. And we're one of the five.
1: Yeah. No, no. I, I, mean, no, I, 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 def- I definitely buy that. But here's what I wonder. And you know, t- timing is everything. If, if your project was where it was, let's say two years ago, but in this current climate, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have had to spend so much money, or, or possibly even do the Rio deal. I suspect that that's that's what the market is, where the market is at the moment. Yeah. Interesting. So. Interesting. Um, hey, well like, uh, good catch up. Good catch up with that. sorry should we should, should mention, I guess, um, Ken Ankvist, uh COO as well. Oh, yeah. Another big move. Yeah, because I yeah, think last yeah. time we spoke, we you spoke. You'd made a um, big big hire. Yeah, I know, and, and
0: he, he he's been a great, great addition. Um, you know, he's got the big mine experience. He's he's good you know, he worked on you know, worked for nevson on Timok and and uh worked for Rio Tinto uh, you know for uh, at the beginning of his career as well and and a number of uh, where it worked on Oyotoba. Um yep. so it has all these big copper uh, project experience so you now that's that's one of the key reasons that, that he's coming in is is to build out that team and and again you know investment banking 101 don't quit your day job yep. keep moving things forward lots yep. of excitement lots of discussions on the side but you know you got to keep marching the project forward and, and that's exactly what we're doing um, Feasibility study. I mean, lots of work on permitting uh, again with the goal to get that application in at Q2 of next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of lots of discussions on the side with with uh, Rio and and you know a few other Rio-like companies. So yeah, we'll see where that
1: yeah f- f- frames your hand up in terms of and those discussions that have yet to be had further 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 down the line uh, for uh, sure. So I think I thought that was an interesting um, hire, um, Paul. Thanks for the update. Um, glad to see things are moving along nicely, and you're, you, you've been strengthening the hand for those discussions when they come. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on with. Um, well, uh, the, I guess the when the feasibility study comes out, call me.
0: Okay, we we will do absolutely. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure uh, talking, and and yeah, I mean it, it's uh, you know when, when we had a little preamble, I'm like. There's not a lot of copper stories. There's not a lot of good copper stories. And there's not a lot of good simple copper stories. And I think like right now we're very good simple copper. Well, copper gold. We even talk about the gold. 21 million ounces. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it at that.